0: Welcome to Red Leg Nation Radio, your home for discussion and analysis of Cincinnati Reds baseball all year long. Now here's your host, Chad Dotson. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Red Leg Nation Radio. This is episode number 347 of the World's Most Dangerous Podcast. I'm your host, Chad Dotson. With me again this week, your friend and mine, the author of The Big 50: The Men and Moments That Made the Cincinnati Reds, my guy Chris Garber. How are you, Chris? How are you, folks? uh i'm great thank you <laughs> are you you don't you don't sound like you're great you sound like you're mocking me
1: i don't sound great oh that doesn't sound
0: it kind of hurts <laughs> oh, man. i feel good it usually takes at least 10-15 minutes for this thing to go off the rails but uh we're getting there quick tonight <laughs>
1: here we go <laughs> here we go
0: so uh you know the reds lost in the in the playoffs i guess you probably read the, read that news chris uh i were- did
1: because I, I barely got to watch any of it because <laughs> it was all during the work hours and i'm a dedicated employee who doesn't
0: slack off yeah well that's good and plus it was over like in a um, the blink of an eye and so you know you would have thought you might have other opportunities but noon games two noon games not much there do we want do we want to rehash the playoffs I, i don't really want to but if there's anything you want to say about it i'm happy to hear it there's not
1: much to say i don't think they scored any runs
0: yeah you didn't miss any runs scored so
1: all right well in the Week I mean, six. I guess the, the upside is the Atlanta Braves appear to be really good because they just buzz-sawed the Marlins as well as they did the Reds.
0: So They it's buzz-sawed the Marlins. That's not exactly a high praise most years. Yeah, well, that's, take what you can get. That's right. Hey, you you got you to gotta play the team that's in front of you, right? No, I think the Braves are good. I mean, you know, we can mock the Reds' performance, and the Reds were awful offensively. But, you know, the Braves are a good team, and so – no shame. They could, they could win the whole thing. But whatever. That was last season. <laughs> I'm turning the page, man. We're going to 2021 already. Red Lake Nation Radio, home of wait till next year. Love it. We're going to
1: 2021. Yeah. So, uh, you know, some news this week. If thing hits 88 miles an hour, you're going to
0: see some serious baseball. If we do hit 88 miles an hour, I'm going back to um 70. <laughs>
1: Well, that's good. You could go back uh, 47 years today and watch Pete Rose and Bud Harrelson fight.
0: Okay, we could. A lot of winning after that, too, but uh, you had fun with that chapter, I remember, in the book. That was fun. Yeah. Yeah. The book, The Big 50. The Big 50, where you can read about Pete Rose getting punched. <laughs> All right. Anyway, we had we had some news this week that was a little unexpected to me. Maybe not to you or, or the listeners, but I didn't see it coming. And, and the news, of course, was that Red's president of baseball operations, Dick Williams, former GM who was elevated to president of baseball operations, he's been in the Reds front office for 15 years now, and um, he resigned. That's the word that was used. He resigned as president of baseball operations with the Reds. So, uh, Chris, that's that's the word. He says he wants to spend time with his family and work on his family business for a while, although I thought the Reds kind of were his family business, but he's got another family business, evidently.
1: Well, uh, yeah, and I guess for for people who don't really know the whole picture, uh, Dick Williams' dad and uncle, I believe it's is it yes. his dad and his uncle, or just his uncle, are uh, prominent members of the Reds' ownership group. Yes, and so, when that group led by Bob Castellini took over the Reds in two thousand five, six. six, it was the end of two thousand five, start of the six oh yes. six season, or after? Okay,
0: before two thousand six uh, season, yes.
1: Right, it was that winter. They brought in, in addition to uh, Bob Castellini's son or sons, to run the business side of it. Uh, Dick Williams came to the organization as a what do you call it? A medium level. Yeah I, would say, yeah, I mean, I think, the idea, I think the idea was he would learn the baseball side of the business. He had a finance background, and um, I think he has a college education somewhere. But <laughs> oh, wow. uh, not a wasn't a baseball guy. But he came in with the ownership group mm-hmm. to kind of learn the business, and he's a smart dude.
0: Oh yeah. So, yeah. Go ahead. Now, I was going to say, can we kind of talk about uh, you know his his reign? before we talk about what happens next, I mean, cause it's kind of, I want to talk about what he did for the team. And then I want to talk about if we think there's any uh, ulterior, uh, you know, story here in the, in the background. Let's, yeah, let's go, and, let's go and talk about that. He, he resigned. Do, do we, do we buy that?
1: Well, that's a good question, right? I mean, like I said, it's a family business, so it's always going to be a little tricky and strange when it's time for someone to exit a family business. Mm -hmm. Um, you know obviously the 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 goodbye message was incredibly glowing the the Reds have a habit of
0: of those uh, parting messages that are true
1: fair fair yeah fair even recently (laughs) but it was it was kind of celebratory i mean i think in 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 a bit here um trent rosecrans who uh i think has a fairly decent reputation for independence as a reporter. He seemed to take Dick Williams at his word and his, his story about the, the parting of, of ways. Um, he talked about conversations they had during spring training, I think. And about how, uh, maybe it was, I don't know. I, I felt like they had talked at some point point, yeah, and, and talked about being away from their family and being away from their kids and Williams kids are, are not, you know, not babies, but they're not, they're not out of the house. So I don't know. I think there's a little credence to it. Um, I don't know if any of the local media has an incentive to push on this thing and to, to make the case that he was fired and pushed out. I don't know. It's, it's, I mean, I think let's, let's ask it this way. If his name was, uh, Dick Smith, and he'd been the GM. He came up in the organization 15 years ago and he'd been hired as GM and, and he'd taken over from Walt Jockety and so forth and so on. Wood would we be talking about firing him at this point?
0: I think so. It's unfair. Uh, Cause I don't think Dick Williams did anything to deserve being fired. Let me say that. Um, but, you know, I made a case uh, maybe the last time you and I talked um, and I certainly made the case at Cincinnati magazine that you know, given what we've seen this year, someone has to be on the hot seat, and I predicted it would be David Bell because Dick Williams has those family <laughs> David relationships.
1: David Bell's dad doesn't own. David Bell's dad doesn't own the team.
0: He is part of the uh, inner circle in the front office. David Bell's dad. Yeah, I mean it's yeah. a, it's nepotism He's, central up there. Um, I just yeah. yelled at my dad earlier today for not being a uh, an independently wealthy owner of the Cincinnati Reds.
1: <laughs> How dare Why didn't he! you give me another? Yeah, if you're after I flame out in one of your businesses, Dad, can I go around the other one?
0: <laughs> so, but I think, that given the fact that the Reds have, you know, they they put some money out there and they did not perform this year. I mean, yes, they had a winning record. They sort of made the quote unquote playoffs this year, but this year was a disappointment. Was it an embarrassment? Like people were saying, and Dick Williams kind of pushed back on, no, not, not really an embarrassment, but the team continues to to struggle. And I, I thought somebody had to be, at least be on the hot seat if ownership really cared about this, uh, putting a championship team on the field. And well, let's be honest, I'm not sure they do care, but um, I, yeah. I, th- I think that he, his seat would have been warm in any other organization. Yeah, I,
1: it's that's fair. I mean, it's a weird thing. I, I don't, for some reason, I've stopped feeling like firing people is the same you know it's like that let's do something yeah i don't know that firing someone is is anything that really helps you improve unless they're doing a bad job you know what i mean or or Mm -hmm. or sometimes the circumstances change where you say this guy has kind of you need a change and that's usually in a field manager you know the team the team's younger than it used to be. The team's older than it used to be. Dusty Baker's not a good fit anymore, whatever. Right. But I think objectively, Dick Williams did a really good job yes. at taking this organization from, frankly, a stubborn and somewhat silly to its own detriment uh, phase under Walt Jockety and really modernizing this team. Well, too late, perhaps.
0: That's not his fault. Though. them
1: in an area. Right, right. He did. As soon as they let him have the, the, the reins, he took off. And I think that he made some really important changes to this organization that were absolutely necessary. Now, I don't know. Is it is it his fault that Joey Votto batted 226? Is it his fault that, you know, Eugenio Suarez and, and Mike Mustakas couldn't get above 800 OPS? Yeah. No. Is it his fault that Nick Senzel is made out of – um, spun glass. <laughs> let I don't me, know. Maybe.
0: Uh, <laughs> I don't, I don't, probably I don't not though. No, I mean, maybe should he have anticipated that was going to happen? I don't know. Maybe if he has a, a you know, well, he,
1: he did. I mean, he's got, he had five outfielders. Yeah, that's true. You know, five legitimate able to play outfielders. And then he went out and got another one. Let, and let, I'm not talking about Matt Davidson.
0: <laughs> uh, we got Matt. Uh, let me clarify what I was saying, because I, I feel like I came across as being unnecessarily harsh about Dick Williams. No way in the world do I think Dick Williams deserved to be fired. And I don't know that he was pushed out. I think that uh, there's reason to suspect that, although the story he's giving is completely reasonable, because, you know, you're in that job, you're you're away from your family all the time. I mean, there's no question about that. His story is, is legitimate, and if it's absolutely the 100% truth, then... You know, I, I can buy it. But I think organizations, and maybe this comes from me becoming, uh, over the last 10 years or so, a, a big fan of uh, the, the European football. They call it the soccer here in the States. And, and you know, I, I see people force that all the time. And uh, because there's an expectation that we got to win. we got to win now. And that's never been the, the case here. So uh, when I made the case that somebody should be on the hot seat, I meant really that I wanted to see ownership show the fan base that what happened this year is unacceptable. I didn't think that David Bell needs to be fired. A lot of people will disagree with that. I certainly don't think Dick Williams needs to be fired. Dick Williams has done more for this franchise in the last five years than probably anyone's done for the franchise uh, off the field since who? I mean, really, if you think about how much he revolutionized everything from the ground up from minor leagues spring training, and finally bringing this team out of the dark ages analytically. I mean, you know, Walt Jockety has had his successes with, with the Reds, but with St. Louis and with Cincinnati, you know, he was basically hostile to any kind of advanced thinking about baseball. And not that Walt Jocketty did everything awful, but he was actively hostile to analytics. No, Dick Williams.
1: Yeah, that's where I felt like he was just stubborn about it.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and, and so you got to give Dick Williams credit. I mean, if you, this team right now, the franchise, it's not showing up on the field, and at some point it's got to show up in, in wins and losses, but this franchise is top to bottom a different franchise than it was five years ago. Hopefully it results in wins at some point, but is is that – am I stating that correctly? Don't you think this is a completely different – I mean, they brought in uh,
1: Cal 100%, 100%, 100%. Yeah, yeah. And
0: that's Dick Williams, right? 100%. Now,
1: I think so. I, I mean, I guess it could be Nick Kroll. But I think it's Dick Williams. I think Dick Williams very clearly seemed to be driving that strategy or at least getting it done in a way that it, it didn't get done before. Uh, it, you know, it's weird. I I as you as you say that, I think it's it does sound very implausible that someone would give up their dream job. It has to be the dream job, right? I mean it You'd would think. be my dream job. Yeah. For when when you didn't have to. Now the other side of that is the Reds haven't Fired a lot of GMs. You know, I mean, I think the the Castellini group hired uh, Wayne Krivsky when they took over. And gave him three seasons. And then it was Walt Jockety. Mm-hmm. And then Dick Williams, I think, had four seasons where he was the head man. So, I don't know. I, it would, it, I wouldn't think if it was, again, you know, whatever, Dick Jones, that they would have fired, necessarily fired him. Um, but I also think that if Dick Williams did want to travel, he probably didn't have to. I mean, do you remember? Do you remember That's when we true. found out that Walt Jockety had been working from his like vac- vacation condo in Scottsdale <laughs> yeah. for like big chunks of the season, like in 2016 or whenever that was? And I was like, what? What? He, <laughs> like nobody'd seen him, and nobody even noticed or cared. That was weird. And so that tells me that maybe you don't necessarily have to go on the road with the team. For, uh, you know, every road trip through the summer. Yeah. And yeah. especially, I, mean, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, um, well, he, he has to step down.
0: He has. And, you know, I, again, I've had convers- Dick Wims is a friend of the podcast. I've had conversations with him uh, occasionally. And, and he, w- we actually had a date that he was uh, going to be coming on in spring training this year. On the podcast, just to kind of talk about what went on in the offseason, all the spending and what they expected. And then, you know, what happened? Uh, The season didn't happen. And so he asked to kind of put it off until because he didn't know what was going on at that point. You know, and so after the season ended, I reached out to him again last week. And this is something I told our friends on our our Slack channel. Um, But I reached out to him and said, hey, you know, you want to is can we is it we'd kind of kept touch about it. You want to reschedule that? Let's talk about. I said, well, the way I put it was, once everybody calms down a little bit, you want to come in and let's rationally talk about where we are and where we're going. And uh, and he didn't respond, which is rare. I mean, you know, uh, not that I'm uh, buddies with him, far from it, but um, he's usually pretty good about at least responding when I reach out. And he didn't, which, you know, I didn't think much of it, frankly. I'm some Yahoo talking on a podcast. But then the news comes out a couple of days later, uh, you know, that he's stepping down. So. Um I don't know maybe he'll maybe he'll still maybe come try on again. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, the yeah, offer's let's get him on here. Offer's still out there. Well, but uh maybe you do a series You get Krivsky and Dan O'Brien
1: and <laughs> Bob Quinn still around. Bob, uh,
0: there's a point I wanted to make. You talk about they haven't really changed general managers much. They got rid of Krivsky too early I thought back then. We could go back and you know, relitigate that one. Oh, um, but I thought they, Not me. Really? Um, interesting. I mean, well, he wasn't Oh, he, the day
1: the day the day after the Majeski trade, I would have, uh, well, <laughs> yeah, that well, okay, was it's a good point. A fatal mistake in my book.
0: All right, solid point. I'm not, I'm not going to argue that one. But um, he brought in uh, Bob Castellini, Red's owner. Bob Castellini brought in his buddy from St. Louis, and then followed that up with his co-owners' son. So I mean, it's not like, you know, I mean, he's not like he brought in somebody and put some pressure on him you know, and then kicked him out. He's not George Steinbrenner.
1: Yeah. 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 So who, we still have Nick Kroll.
0: Who I like, who I think is, uh, like Williams. I think he's, he's bright. I think he has, I got, I don't have really any problem with the, the baseball ops department now. Do you?
1: No. And I don't, I don't know what I'm talking about either. So <laughs> yeah,
0: they yeah, still I, may be, they still may be I, way behind everybody else. We don't
1: forget that. <laughs> uh, Never forget that. I don't know anything. Uh, yeah. I mean, Nick crawl. So I guess you want to go and in, segue into the conversation of like, yeah. Who replaces Dick Williams or if he is.
0: Yeah. Do they replace him?
1: What do you think? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, I always t- so Nick crawl is officially the regs general manager. Yes. And for decades, a general manager was the top baseball official in a, in a major league baseball club.
0: Yeah, he was the boss there, of the baseball operations department, yeah.
1: Yeah, there there would be a business guy probably. Maybe they report to the GM, maybe they just report to ownership, but GM was it. Mm-hmm. And then somewhere in the last 10 years or so, this upper level president of baseball operations or something like that. I mean, maybe Sandy Alderson was the first guy to kind of move one level up from GM while still being in charge of the GM. I don't know,
0: but pretty much every uh, team has it now. Right. I mean, that's, I don't know. Do they, I don't know if they do.
1: I know, you know, a a lot, a lot of them do, but I always, I've been taking it as was, was Theo Epstein one who did that too? When he went to, uh, when he went to the, the, the Cubs.
0: I think so. Mm -hmm.
1: I know. I always take it as like, it's a, it's a, it's a way for a team now to hoard talent to take a promising younger executive who may need a little bit of experience in one way or the other, call them the general manager while not losing their existing top guy.
0: There was some talk in that respect with Nick Kroll at the time when that happened, wasn't there? Do you remember that? Right,
1: right. I I don't know. I I don't know if we assumed that or if it was actually said out loud, like this guy needs to be a GM. And even if GM is a little bit of a, a deflated title from what it used to be, um, he's going to go somewhere else and get it.
0: Yeah, and we want to keep him here. yeah. I don't think it was publicly stated, but I think that was the speculation at the time and I think it's reasonable to think that and, and I'm glad I'm glad they did it. I like Nick crawl, but, uh, but, but, but I guess what you're saying is and don't let me put words in your mouth, but there's not there's really not any urgency to necessarily fill that position if you trust Nick crawl to do the job as general manager. that's the job and has been the job for years, frankly. Is that, what you, is that where you're going? Yeah,
1: I would think so. Yeah, exactly. And you know what's a weird thing? I'm just looking back to see if there are comments on when Nick Kral was hired. And I can't find any, but what the really weird thing is, they 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 promoted him on May 10th, 2018.
0: I remember that. It was weird. Like it was like the timing. Th-
1: it was like 3 weeks into the season, they were terrible, they'd already fired Brian Price. Nobody was buying baseball books and Nick <laughs> Krall got promoted. I remember that.
0: <laughs> the halcyon days of early 2018
1: yeah yeah um yeah
0: i uh i remember at the time also thinking that i I remember the conversation i do remember the conversation vividly about you know crawl is a a, a bright young up-and-coming guy and you know it might be a way to to keep him on the team i also remember it being a and this is the cynical side of me thinking well maybe they're garbage again and they're trying to show us that it's not acceptable so they're (laughs) you know shuffling deck chairs on the titanic as as they say. Uh, and man they've shuffled them every way you can the last few years. They've done a great job of <laughs> moving those deck chairs around.
1: Yeah. Nick Crawl it says here has been with the organization since 2003. I think right out of college. So he predates. Well, he worked for the A's for a couple years. Oh, that's
0: right. I think he was like an intern uh, with the A's though.
1: Yeah, so here understood in the story he's a bat boy. An intern and Billy Bean's secretary.
0: There you go. He and MC Hammer were bat boys. Same time, I think.
1: <laughs> that's right. That's yeah. right. That's probably. <laughs> uh, I, I. But uh, anyway, he he predates the Castellinis, which is interesting.
0: That is he he. I think he like tried to walk on at LSU, I believe, if I remember his story correctly. Um. So you know, it's a guy that loved baseball and decided he wanted to get into to baseball somehow when he realized he wasn't going to be as a player. Um, when I when I realized I wasn't going to be a major league baseball player, I just went on to seventh grade and went about my day. He decided to try to get into the game, and
1: uh, yeah, he got an internship with uh, the Cardinals,
0: I believe. Gosh, organization. Yeah, there you okay? There you go. So yeah. anyway,
1: um, good for him. He seems like a, a smart guy. He seems like a, a competent guy. Um, you know, I don't know any reason why they got to bring somebody in to slap on top of him yeah and i'm comfortable you know it gives I'm, us something to talk about
0: i don't know in terms of his ability to you know his relationships with other teams or you know i don't i don't know anything of that i know that in terms of the, what he believes as a uh, in terms of baseball i feel pretty confident that he understands the direction that the reds need to go that they weren't before but now i, I don't know whether he's good enough to run the whole baseball ops. i just there's no way for us to know that what if, what if they do put, get a new president of baseball operations? I hear that you have some uh, some suggestions for that.
1: Well, I don't have suggestions, <laughs> but I, I saw that uh, Bobby Nightingale in the Cincinnati Enquirer has uh, put together a list of some some candidates. I don't – well, I, I think you'll see a pattern of his candidates once you start uh, going through the list, but – if you want me to 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 share a few of his list, I think it it could be an interesting
0: conversation. Please do, but first the, the first I, one I, is Am I on the list? Yeah, is my name on the list?
1: I uh, haven't got to the bottom of it. It's oh, not wow. alphabetical. Yes. Dombrowski.
0: Now go ahead. Uh,
1: no, maybe in the comment thread. <laughs> right. So the first name is an interesting one. I don't know if it's realistic, but uh, Michael Hill, who is the Marlins' president of baseball operations. He, he's been, he was their GM from 08 to 13 and he's been the president of baseball operations for the last seven years
0: Got promoted. So
1: you might think, why would you take a guy who's been running a team for 13 seasons and has just one quote unquote playoff game this year? Why would you do something like that? Well, um, he, he is a kind of highly respected guy and he's kind of an interesting guy. um, but he went to since he's from Cincinnati. Oh, Cincinnati. and he went to country day school and played baseball and football at Harvard. Okay. Oh, so smart guy. So anyway, smart guy, very smart guy. He's an African-American guy, which I think if the Reds are looking to diversify some of their um, leadership team, that could be something sure. you might want to think about. He's one of just four minorities who are heads of baseball operations right now. But uh, you know, uh, as uh, well, apparently his contract is, is expiring at the end of the season, so that makes it plausible. He's a free but, agent. Uh, as Bobby Nightingale notes, he's been a part of multiple roster overhauls because of payroll constraints. <laughs> so that that sentence that sentence reminds me of like the old uh, 1970s back of the baseball card cartoons, <laughs> like the saddest possible version, right? You know, like. In the off season, Ed Ott works as a carpenter. Uh, <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> that's that's his cartoon on the back of his uh, his tops card. I love yeah, it.
1: it. It just got him. It just got him like I don't know the sack of money he's taking back into a vault or something. I don't know
0: how you do it. Or he's
1: laying people off in a cartoon format.
0: Plenty of experience working for penny pinching <laughs> owners who refuse to win.
1: <laughs> yeah, I maybe mean, he's standing there with his pockets turned inside out. <laughs> yeah,
0: I think I can see his it. Arms out, like It's a, like the Monopoly guy. What's up? Oh, man, I love it. Yeah.
1: Anyway, so that's one. Uh, Michael Hill. I mean, again, I don't know that if somebody came to me and said, guess what? The Reds got the guy who's been running the Marlins for the last 13 years. (laughs) I don't think my initial reaction would be cool.
0: Yeah. Doesn't inspire confidence.
1: Who knows? Maybe. All right. Candidate number two, vice president of baseball operations for the New York Yankees, Tim Nairing. Do you know any facts about Tim Nairing?
0: I know one. Is he from Middletown?
1: What's that? He <laughs> close, close. <laughs> Graduate of LaSalle High School in Merring. He's still a in Cincinnati. Now how does he how does he live in Cincinnati and serve as vice president of baseball operations for the New York Yankees?
0: Well, isn't like, that interesting? Uh, you know, wasn't Walt Jockety vice president? Is still vice president of baseball operations, I think. Mm. Or maybe he's like an advisor to the Yeah. It's 100%. weird. aren't
1: these? Yeah. Isn't it weird? Some of these jobs, and again, we talk about how, you know, travel and all the workload and some of these jobs in baseball are serious, hardcore working 75 hours a week jobs. And then some of them that have very similar titles appear to be just like no show jobs.
0: Yeah. Maybe zoom in once where, a
1: month. you know, you may get, a, yeah, you get a call. Hey, I'm, I'm thinking about, you know, thinking about transfer tra- trading for Brian Goodwin. What do you know about him? Yeah. And you have a five minute conversation.
0: Yeah, I think it's... Anyway...
1: Well,
0: uh, um, oh, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. We got to get...
1: Oh, no. Nearing is well-respected throughout the industry, and teams have shown interest in interviewing him for top front office positions in the past. Ooh, and... I think the tonight. interesting... I think the interesting thing of... Yeah. The interesting thing is he worked for the Reds from 1999 to 2007. Yep. Including as a special assistant to the GM. I don't remember the circumstances under which Tim Nearing left the Reds organization, but he did leave the Reds organization while the Castellinis were owners.
0: He did. And, and he, he's been
1: gone for four, 13 years.
0: Yeah. I don't remember the circumstances either, but he was around the Reds when they were not great. Although that's everybody that's been around the Reds actually now that I think about it. So that's right,
1: right, right. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. So anyway, I thought that was interesting. Like, oh, this guy that he, you know, he worked for the Reds in the past. I'm like, yeah, these guys either fired him or didn't, didn't do what it took to keep him. So you've got another guy here named Matt Arnold, who is the Brewers' assistant GM and was a finalist for the Pirates job last year. Uh, he worked for the Reds from 2003 to six as assistant director of pro scouting and then became the
0: Tampa uh, head of pro scouting for several years. Well, that's actually – so Tampa uh, hired him as head of pro scouting. That's actually a point in his favor probably, right?
1: Probably. and Tampa that's knows probably they You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Tampa knows what they're doing. So, you know, uh, that that may be one where the Reds is kind of missed. He was in the transition. He got an offer and, and left. But his, his claim to fame is he knows how to work in a midsize market. Oh,
0: there you go. Look at that. He's qualified. Yeah. Now,
1: he, the next guy on this list is a guy I, I loved. I mean, everything he did was gold as far as I'm concerned. But he left the organization uh, six years ago, and that's Johnny Almorez. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, you know he's the guy who's, who signed Johnny signed Cueto, Cueto and Adam Dunn, mm-hmm. but uh, and also when when he was with the Braves, uh, Ronald Acuna D- uh, Jr. and Ozzy Albie's.
0: Oh, that's right. Yeah.
1: So I don't know if he was the scout for them, but he was a scouting director. But anyway, how uh, you know he he left the Reds too right around the time that the Castellinis took over. So I don't know if he's a a, a real candidate for that
0: either, but. Uh, uh, but let me ask you this do we know it <laughs> all right look i let my subscription to the Enquirer lapse i gotta admit but it's a, it's a freebie oh it's a freebie okay well um are we filling column inches here or or, or i mean
1: <laughs> well
0: let me give you the rest of the list and you tell me <laughs> okay
1: dave jambrowski jim Hendry, dan jennings that yeah. seems to be like the definition of filling a list. It is. Then there's some guys I've never heard of, but you know, whatever. Who cares? Uh, all these are guys like assistant GMs and stuff. I mean, I think if they bring in a guy who's an assistant GM, Nick crawl leaves. You think? Don't well, you?
0: Or I Nick crawl gets promoted they, to director well, they, of baseball well, operations? Is,
1: well, they would have done that, wouldn't they? Have done that, and then let Nick crawl hire a guy. I don't know. Who knows? I don't know. I don't know
0: what's going on in this I mean, front office. It's a disaster. Dave Dombrowski not going to come
1: work for Nick Crawl.
0: <laughs> no, no. I think they don't feel filled the position. That's my. I v- don't
1: either. That's my vote, and I I'm, I'm cool with that.
0: It's fine. I'm fine. Yeah, who knows? They've got to spend some money this offseason. season. They won't. Will they?
1: Well, uh, I hope they do because they're going to have some holes now. Um, let me tell you, I my opinion is. That Anthony Di Sclafani cannot fill Trevor Bauer's shoes.
0: I think you Custom may be correct, shoes. unless they are uh, you know dance shoes because disco could. Pro- no, that really didn't come out like I was hoping. Uh, yeah, I tried. I'm, I'm, I'm like the I'm like the low person on
1: Sclafani, I think.
0: Yeah, uh, he didn't look good this year. No, he didn't look good this year.
1: I don't like. I Di mean, Scalfani. everybody everybody looked good this year. Well, that's true Major League Baseball, yep. and he managed to get a 7.22 era
0: that's N- hard number one not ideal going into a, a free agent market uh number two
1: is he a free agent i thought he was signed for one more year
0: no 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 he's gone i mean he's a free agent
1: yeah. oh oh my apologies i uh
0: yeah so i thought he was he'll come back cheap for one year um let's talk just quickly about the uh the off season and then let's get into some uh some viewer mail questions. Do it. Let's get into it. There we go. The the biggest questions I think we need to right now that we need to decide on it are Trevor Bauer and Nick Castellanos, seems like to me. Trevor Bauer's a free agent. And he had some comments this week that, you know, he likes Derek Johnson, the Reds pitching coach, and he likes the Reds and, you know, um he didn't he didn't close he's had the door.
1: A lot of comments. No, he hasn't. He is in the process of opening every possible door. Not true. I mean
0: There's one no, door. Care. There's Houston one door. Houston is the only one. Houston, he has unequivocally closed that door.
1: Okay. But you know. Well, he was I mean, he was talking to the Braves yesterday about how they could use a good pitcher and the Yankees today. And I mean, he's just enjoying the heck out of this free agency oh, yeah.
0: thing. He tweeted a picture of his uh his uh Boarding pass, he's flying to Boston for some reason. He's like, hey, Red Sox, you interested? We can talk. Now, they can't talk yet because you can't talk to free agents until the World Series is over. But uh, he's going to enjoy this. And I just can't see, after the season he had, if anybody's willing to spend money out there. I, do you see him coming back? I don't.
1: <laughs> uh, no. I mean, I don't know. I mean, he's just crazy enough to
0: do anything. <laughs> that, but uh, That's true in every in every way we, we have the driveline baseball guy now you know Trevor Bowers worked out of this driveline baseball and, and you know run by Kyle Bodie and he's in the Reds organization now so you know maybe that's and he does like Derek Johnson so you know I mean it's not unreasonable to think he'll return I just can't I know that we have the you know the the pandemic economy in baseball now and there's some thought the teams aren't going to spin but I just believe somebody will will fork out money for him. I mean,
1: oh, sp- somebody. It only takes one. That's the, you know, that's the exactly. thing that, that people always forget. It only takes one.
0: And, you know, if he is insistent on just signing a one-year contract, teams are going to be even more interested in going after him because I'm not laying out 200 million, you know, for how many ever many years. I'll uh, I'll lay out whatever one year and if it works, great. If it doesn't, then well, that's okay too. Huh.
1: I mean, there's there's almost no amount of money. I think we talked about this before. There's almost no amount of money that
0: I wouldn't pay him for one year. Yeah, I if
1: mean, I had a team, if I had a team to go with him.
0: Okay, well, shouldn't the Reds be that team? I mean, we can talk about whether the, whether Bob Castellini is going to be willing to to spend, but the, the Reds have to go all out for this guy because I mean, the pitching's, pitchings are not going to be as good as like this past year anyway in 2021. There's no way can they can be that good for a right, full season. Right. Right. But then you you drop that guy out of it. And then you got another hole to fill, and if you fill it with signing Anthony Discafani, then uh, you know.
1: Uh, <laughs> why don't I just make the sound of sideshow Bob stepping on a rake? <laughs>
0: right. Yeah, we're gonna. <laughs> I, I'm gonna make sure that you. Uh, you tweet. I'm gonna tweet that at you uh, when Bauer signs <laughs> with you know whoever Atlanta. Oh,
1: that was re- that, that was when signed signed with the Reds. Sorry. <laughs> I oh, think right, that's a big right.
0: blow to me. Yeah, you're right.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, they've got to get offense. So here's the interesting question. Um, And I don't know what you can, we can kind of look at some of these. I think this is all, you know, Mark Sheldon has a nice little piece asking some questions like this, but if you compress a couple of his questions, what do you do about the offense? And do you start Tyler Stevenson and and Jose Garcia next year? I don't, I, I like the idea of starting those guys. I am not sure, especially with with Garcia more than Stevenson, that handing over those positions to youth is the answer to improve the offense.
0: In a vacuum, I love the idea of letting those guys play. But they have to improve the offense, and so many other places around the diamond are already spoken for, especially if uh, Nick Castellanos comes back, if he doesn't opt out of his contract. (laughs) I am desperately in love with what I think Jose Garcia's career can be for the Reds. I think that Nick crawl needs to be out knocking on every door, trying to improve the shortstop position to get somebody in there that can hit. And same with catcher. I love Tyler Stevenson,
1: but it, it's a lot to bet on a, a rookie catcher hitting. I mean, the number of rookie catchers that have really hit are probably on, on one hand, Right sure absolutely I mean, it's, it's 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 bench and and piazza and I don't know did Joe yeah and Joe Mauerhead is a rookie too that's yeah. it
0: yeah i mean really so if if you if you hand them over to Stevenson and Garcia who I think both of us would agree we i love we love these guys i mean they they have a future, but if you hand those two positions over to those guys, then what you really have to do is kind of hope everybody else. Improves. Everybody else does better. Yeah, it was bad
1: luck. And we've always, you have a, a saying about about hoping. Sad. I think. Yeah, I mean,
0: it's, it.
1: It ain't a strategy.
0: We can we can hope as fans, but isn't that yeah. what you'd have to do if you if you commit to those two and not I, to have committed? But if that's where you if that's what happens, that's that's all I've got is hope. I think. I think. I think. But
1: some of it's not as much hope as expectation that guys are going to do what's on the back of their baseball card.
0: True, some of them. I you agree. know what I mean? Suarez, uh, right, right.
1: So Suarez, Mustakas. I, I think freaking, if you look at I think if you look
0: ahead. at Mustakas, I think he kind of did this year what he's going to do.
1: You think a, a 108 OPS is kind of his OPS
0: what plus you should expect? Yeah, I think so. Right, so sorry. Oh, well, I mean but you're you know. right.
1: you're right. That is what. That is exactly what he does.
0: Yeah.
1: You're, you're right. Is Okay, so the question is um and, I, and I'm, I'm convinced on Shogo Akiyama. Maybe I'm dumb and maybe I'll be proven wrong. I am not at all worried by his
0: like season-long numbers. I, I think he mm-hmm. kind of figured it out. Suarez and Akiyama are the two guys that I am very confident that they're going to hit better next year. S- significantly better than what they did this year. I, those are the only two, but those are the two that I really feel like yeah. are going to hit better.
1: I mean, Akiyama was in September 317, 450 456 on-base percentage. That plays, yeah. Even if he can't get the ball out of the infield, <laughs> that's okay. He gets on base. I, I'm fine. I'm fine. Yeah, the, yeah. I mean that will play. But you know, I think you can. The, we're we're probably past expecting much out of Joey Votto. Um, I, I'm past expecting anything out of Nick Senzel.
0: Yeah, that's the question I was going to ask you that I didn't really want to go to, but I mean, do, do the Reds go into the season? counting on Nixon Zell to be the guy that he can be. I think we all agree that he can be, but are we going to, are we going to hope Nixon that he Zell stays healthy? Gonna be
1: 20, he's going to turn 26 years old next year. And he has had over 400 plate appearances one season as a professional athlete.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He has had over 300 plate appearances twice. Now, you know, I'm not going to, I guess we can't blame him for COVID, but or for the pandemic, but uh he still only played less than half the games this year yeah Nah. so and he hasn't hit when he played i mean i don't i'm not making this up i you know what i mean i wish it was i wish it was otherwise but
0: yeah, i mean he's still he's, the guy that performed on the minor league level but at some point you got to...
1: he's got a 305 on base percentage as a major leaguer and he's how much older than ronald acuña is he <sighs>
0: two, three years, three years.
1: Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, almost three and a half years. No, that's wrong. Two and a half years. But anyway, I mean, the point is he's not a kid, right? He's old enough that it's time to be producing like a 26 year old player. And when you're, when you're going into 26 and you haven't done anything yet, it's pretty silly to expect that you will.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think everyone agrees that he can. That you know, I've not given up hope that he can be the guy we thought he was going to be, because I think there are, you know circumstances. He's been injured, but when he's not been injured, he's not performed the way we expected either. So, again, if if you're going in just kind of hoping, I think that's not. I don't I don't I don't know how you. They've got to go out and get somebody. My my what I maintain is that they they really need to get they need one. I'm going to use the term elite, but what I really mean I don't know if that's the right word, but. They need one big-time hitter in the lineup. And I don't know where they go and get that. But look at all the teams that are in the playoffs now. There's at least one guy. And a lot of teams, two, three, four guys. Look at the Braves. Had three guys better than the best guy in the Reds lineup. The Reds have a bunch of guys that are either average or slightly above average at their best. But they don't have any any hammers. Joey Votto's not that guy anymore. So I think they got to get a hammer. I don't know where you go get one of those. That's hard to do. So that's what concerns me about this offseason. Am I am I off base? No, not at all. I mean, maybe uh maybe
1: Cleveland will be willing to trade Lindor now. He's like he's only got one year left on his contract.
0: Yeah. I'd go all in. And that that's
1: point. an elite bat who who's who's coming off a sub subpar sixty games.
0: At a position that the Reds need.
1: Right. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I don't know who the guy is. I'm not I'm not on the list of possible candidates for GM, so I'm not responsible for having a list. So, but they, you're, I 100% agree. They, they did a good job last year Mm -hmm. adding what I would call what B, if you're doing it, you know, getting a grade. Moustakas and Castellanos are B level players. Maybe B
0: plus. Yeah, B plus. you may want to you may have you know, argued a minus with Nick Castellanos, but you know, yeah, good players.
1: Well, I I mean, I consider Suarez an A minus. You know what I mean? Even yeah. when he's good, he's not. He's probably an all star, but he's not an MVP candidate, really. Right, right. I don't know. I mean, I guess he yeah. had finished in the top twenty the last two years, but but anyway, you know, they need another A player. They need another A hitter, not a B hitter, not a not a B minus hitter.
0: Yeah, if they don't if they don't put a, a guy that can finish top fifteen in in the MVP voting in this lineup, we're just hoping that everybody gets better across the board. And yeah, I'm not. And worry they're about.
1: not young. They're not young.
0: <laughs> yeah, they're all going to be a year older next I mean, year. That's if my math's correct.
1: Well, I mean, if you look at their top ten guys in plate appearances, Sinzel's the youngest one, and then there's Winker, and then everyone else is. is above their pri- past their prime. Yeah. You know, Casillanos and Suarez are 29 next year. Shogo Mustakas, uh Galvis, Vado obviously. I mean Tucker Barnhart's going to be 30 cuz 32. They somehow quickly got very old.
0: Yeah, if you I've talked about, you know, hoping that some of these guys do better and the back of their baseball card indicates they will. But the the other part of that is that we got to hope that Jesse Winker continues to hit like he did in a 60-game stretch. we got to hope that the that the pitchers pitch just as well. You know, there's <laughs> – I think there's a, a trap we fall into sometimes with assuming that the players that did well are going to keep doing that well.
1: Yeah. And so if and everybody, everybody else does is, better, yeah. Yeah, it's always – <laughs> diversion from the mean always goes one way Right. in, in your mind. You well, guys want to have good best. years, I'll have good years again. Yeah, yeah, well.
0: All right, uh, listen, we, we've gone long, as we always do, um, so let's try to run through a few viewer mail questions before it gets uh, too late here, if you don't mind. Viewer mail. Viewer mail. Please First, go. can we fran- can we thank our newest member of the, of the team, of the family at Red Leg Nation Radio's uh, Patreon, patreon.com slash Radio? Burke Franklin joined us this week. Burke Franklin. As we always do, we pick a position for them on our beer league softball team. With Burke Franklin, Burke Franklin, I'm getting some Burke Badenhop vibes. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I. He's he is. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't say that. That's not nice. <laughs> that wasn't but that um, thought, yeah. I think he is a uh, a really effective high strikeout setup man.
0: There you go. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Is he a lefty? In the loogie era? No, no, just no. A- I don't
1: think so. He's kind of a right hander with like a three quarter arm slot.
0: Okay, like seventh eighth inning guy. You can always dependable to get it to your closer.
1: Yeah, yeah, okay. I'm Not quite you. like the rubber arm of Scott Sullivan, but but uh, that kind of profile.
0: There you go. I like it. Burke Franklin, welcome to the welcome to the family. Thank you so much for joining us at Patreon.com/slash Redleg Radio. First question comes from Nathan Connor. Nathan says there have been past winters where the market for free agents was held up by a big free agent. Most recently, Machado and Harper. Club finances league wide. Will be the obvious question mark this year. Which team or class of teams do you think will be the ones to set the rates for this winter? Will it be the big budget teams like the Dodgers and Yankees? To me, they seem like outliers whose business won't trigger any current rates for the majority of teams. Or is there a certain mid market team that has needs that you think will be on the forefront of free agency who will set the standards everyone else will use for negotiating oh, contracts? I'm gonna answer this, this is, if you on my pay grade, man. <laughs> if you disagree with this, let me know. The answer is <laughs> okay. I don't think anyone knows because it's it's unlike anything we've ever seen. I mean, I think you know the Dodgers yeah. and Yankees are probably gonna keep spending, why wouldn't they? But maybe not. I w I don't know what you the never, line looks I mean like. I don't know
1: anything, right? Yeah. I mean the Padres could have been the Padres could be like, This is awesome. Let's go crazy. Or they could be like, Guess what, guys, we just spent all of our money and have no money for the next
0: three years. I really don't know. What I think that the, the Reds could kind of, it's not going to be the Reds, but some team could say, you know what? We're talking about market inefficiencies. This year, the inefficiency is most teams are not dipping yep. into the free agent market. Let's go crazy. I don't know. I don't think it'll be the Reds, but somebody could do that. Charles Zollers asks, what would be your free agent pitch to Trevor Bauer? Would it be something more along the lines of, we have Skyline Chili? or that we have the most dangerous <laughs> podcast. What would be your free agent pitch? Yeah. I see what mine would be. Um, here is my Brinks truck. I'm backing up to your front door.
1: Yeah. yeah there- I'm not going to Here, here. Yeah. My, my pitch of Trevor Bauer is I respect you enough not to screw around with you and not to be talking about chili or, you know, how fun
0: Jim day is. Here's your cash. Yeah, that's the only pitch to make. It. I think cold hard cash. Boy, did that guy—he's been saying for years he's going to do one-year contracts. Did he set himself? I mean, it's a, obviously we don't know because of the pandemic economy, but in a normal year, no one has ever set himself up for a better free agent period than Trevor Bauer did this year.
1: No, oh, and it would be insane. I, I, I mean, I think if I were him, I would take the paintball to the groin.
0: And sign the six year,
1: six year two hundred thirty million dollar deal that is probably out there somewhere.
0: Yeah, I think so too. Uh, you know, he's got a good uh, negotiating ploy with his one year contract nonsense. But man, if somebody, somebody comes to the table with that, take it. All right, Joe Farsing asks, if you had to eat one meal every day for the rest of your lives, what would it be? I got to roll with strip steak, medium rare. Baked potato with sour cream and cheese, salad with ranch, and a huge glass of milk. How often is he going to eat that? Every day. Or is it For the rest of his I- life. <laughs> That's not going to work. But you've only got to eat one meal every day for the rest of your life. I oh, guess, I-, I see. So I, I guess, guess you, you only get one. A- All
1: right. So like, a, like a, a protein shake is probably a bad choice.
0: Maybe. I don't know what he's saying. I mean, I don't know if he's saying... You only get that one meal, or if you had to, or he's got to eat three times a.
1: Th- he's got
0: to eat that three times a day. I don't know. Um, I like that. I don't much care for the sour cream or the milk, but the rest of that sounds pretty good. I mean, it sounds good. I just,
1: gosh, I couldn't eat that more than once a month.
0: <laughs> so, what's your what's Wait, your meal? What, are you, what
1: are you thinking? Well, uh, you know, so I, what I could eat every day, and I could eat an insane amount of it every day, so I'd be good. Is sushi. There's essentially no limit to how much sushi I can eat once I sit down at a table. It's just financial. That's the only limit on how <laughs> – yeah, like, I don't cow. know what it is. Like it, it literally doesn't go into my stomach. I think it just goes like, I don't know, down my leg or something because I just can <laughs> keep eating it and eating it and eating it.
0: Really? It's something. Love you some sushi, huh? Yeah. Yeah, it yeah, doesn't guy. even
1: have to be that good. I mean, I, I live in Ohio, so it doesn't even have to be great sushi.
0: But <laughs> so, Sushi's even good enough.
1: I think, you know, like, not gas, sta- you know, gas station sushi. Not uh, grocery store sushi, unless yeah. uh, it's rare. But, uh, you know, a real sushi restaurant, let's go.
0: Yeah, I don't know what my answer is, although I will say that a, a, a New York strip, medium rare, it sounds awfully, awfully good to me. So sushi, not so much. I, you know, I keep trying. Most recently, when I was in uh, Hong Kong last year, I tried again and I'm just, I can't deal with the sushi, man.
1: Oh, uh, well.
0: When I go to Tokyo, which, I'll try it there and see because that's a really go to that good one decision. guy
1: who, who's going to give you one thing. Yeah. Hero you know Dreams of Sushi.
0: Yeah, oh, yeah. The yes. Netflix documentary, Hero, whatever. Yeah. Andrew Scott Wills, really good question here. Will the Reds payroll go up or down this offseason? What do you think? Hmm. Down. I think that it won't. What work. was it? What is it? I don't know, but it, I don't what remember it? exactly. But it was seventeenth highest payroll in baseball.
1: Oh yes, here it is. So according to this Baseball Reference, one hundred and thirty-six million dollars in committed contracts for this year. Next year they have ninety-three million in obligations. I don't believe that counts. Uh, any of the arb, the arb
0: guys. Right. Does it, I guess does it count? Castellanos, I wonder, who has an opt out. It
1: does. It does. Okay. It, it does not it counts no um no options but no uh but not the buyout. So uh I mean it's basically Vado, Suarez, Mustakas, Castellanos, and Sonny Gray. Yeah. And then oh <laughs> oh I forgot, Wade Miley.
0: <laughs> Yahoo. Yay. I hate to be yeah, this cynical, but uh, I don't see any way it goes up. I mean, maybe it'll stay the same. I, don't
1: I mean, it doesn't have to go up, truthfully. You know what I mean? They've got money coming off the books that they can
0: yeah, but... spend, I guess. Okay, do they want to be champions or not? Well, true, true. I mean, you know, at some point, play on the same playing field as other teams.
1: No, I get it. I get, I'm just saying, like, it doesn't necessarily have to net its increase. If they go out and get a a really good pitcher. Yeah, you know that they could get for less than seventeen and a half million dollars. They're paying Trevor Bauer. Like you said, anyway. Right. I don't. I think it goes down. I don't think that's. I guess my point is this. I think it goes down, but it's not guaranteed. To, oh, I, I take that back. Let me let me forget everything I just said. <laughs> There's another line on this page that talks about arbitration cases, and they've got a few guys like. Uh, like Archie Bradley and Michael Lorenzen, who are going to make pretty good money in arb.
0: Wow, Bradley's, the, Bradley's still in arbitration. Okay, yeah, they're yeah, probably going to. Yeah. yeah, they're probably going to get. So some.
1: this projects them to 143. So it projects them to go up, just with what they've the guys they already have. Yikes. Well, then, so yeah, I think it's going to go up.
0: That's what I. That's what I said though. If if they want to compete, it goes up. If they don't want to compete, it you know. Stays. Well, if it go,
1: I mean they have to get rid of guys who are currently on the roster if they want it to go down.
0: I hear Twitter saying uh, Joey Votto. (laughs) Good luck. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. You've, you've changed my mind. I was going to say that I don't, I don't necessarily expect that to go down or up, but I, I was pretty sure it's not going to go up. It's not going to go up substantially. I don't think.
1: No. Well, I tell you what, you know, when, when we, we've talked before about that out of the park baseball, that computer simulation game and, after I finished the 2020 season, I got orders from on high to reduce the payroll, and <laughs> and it was it was really really hard for the twenty twenty one Reds C- coming down from one thirty five or whatever. I mean, you're left with nothing. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, Castellanos even screwing with your game. Yeah, yeah. So. Um... All right, I've oh, got to run through some of the rest of these. we got to get out. Uh, Hooper Powell has two questions. I'm just going to ask the first one here. It was a tough week, and we lost one of the best guitarists in the world. Do you have Eddie Van Halen as one of the best guitarists? Chris, you have any thoughts on that? Yes. The answer is yes to you. I don't, Correct. Yes. I don't have a strong opinion about Eddie Van Halen. I was never a Van Halen guy growing up. Um,
1: I enjoyed it. You know, I enjoyed it when I was a kid. I was not nearly into it as some of the other guys I knew in college.
0: Same with who me, were, yeah.
1: I who just, were off the deep end a little bit, but yeah, he's clearly a, a, uh, a
0: genius guitarist. Uh, but, but just in terms of his actual, you know, musicianship, is he better than Dave Matthews? I thought Dave Matthews played the bongos. <laughs> Dude, really? Come on. Does
1: he really play guitar? Is he the guitar player in his band?
0: He's not the guitar player, but he is a guitar player.
1: Oh, see so- I don't want to I know this is going long but that's a thing that I need to talk to like a, like an actual musician about like what really is when the lead singer picks up a guitar and you look by in the band behind him there's like two other dudes already playing guitars is it even turned on like is it is <laughs> is is anything musically happening in this like when they do that like you never you ever see those like uh you know the tributes that they have to so and so or the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. There's like 14 guitars on stage,
0: <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Like playing the they wait. All
1: playing the same notes? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Are they all playing the same notes? I don't know. We need Freak Bass or somebody to weigh in on this.
0: Probably. I'll say this about uh, about Dave, just to s- sort of defend Dave. Right, here we go. Uh, He's not. You know, Tim Reynolds is the is the guitar player in that in that band. But uh, I have tried. I've been picking around my guitar for. Twenty years, and okay. I could play some stuff, but man, the, some of the stuff he does is—I don't know. He, he, why does he change chords so much? He's not—he's not awful, is my perspective. He's not Eddie Dave Van Halen. Matthews. Dave Matthews, yeah. Okay. I don't know. I—I'm I, sorry. I just—he's better than. Well, how Bur- do you
1: know it's him and not the other guy?
0: Well, you can tell. He plays his acoustic usually, and the other guy's got his uh, electric. Oh, okay. All right. And all I'm saying is this. Everybody we've just mentioned is better than Bruce Springsteen. Nathan Sturwerf asks, Do you I'm think it, <laughs> yeah. Do you think it was a mistake to fire Don Long, Red's hitting coach Don Long after the two thousand eighteen season? During his time as hitting coach, Scooter, Duvall, Kozar, Suarez, Bruce, and Vado all had all star seasons. Since his departure, our hitters are underachieving instead of overachieving. <laughs> now I think that's a scooter. <laughs> scooter, yes. Yeah. Um Scooter, he got the last chapter Scooter. in our book. Does Scooter really have an all-star season? Sure he does, yeah. Scooter's the man. He hit four home runs one game. Did you know that? I heard, I heard about that, yeah. yeah. The question is not unreasonable, but my difficulty in answering it is that I'm really not entirely sure what a hitting coach does. and what Once you get to the major leagues, whether they have... I and mean, pitching coach, you can kind of see, because pitching is a cerebral thing, and maybe hitting is as well, but... I'm not entirely sure what hitting coaches do. You have a better answer than that, Chris? No, I was going to say that. I, I
1: think they could probably fire the hitting coaches entirely and and maybe not notice. Um, Don Long has since leaving the Reds, moved to the Baltimore Orioles, where he spent the he's is a hitting coach for that team for the last two years.
0: They've been a really good so, hitting team recently.
1: Um, no, uh, he was reunited with Jose Iglesias though
0: thought we were gonna get away with ever without ever mentioning Jose Iglesias again. Yeah, I mean listen, I think that's a reasonable question. I just I'm not sure that a hitting coach really has much impact on
1: those guys know what they're doing. Yeah by the time they get They've to got the Big their legs. own hitting coaches.
0: They really are yeah by the time they, they get to that level. So um I think it was a mistake for the rest of our dick pole as pitching coach. Fair. How many dicks are they gonna run out of town? Thank you, folks. This has been Red Lag Nation Radio. Sorry. All right, quickly, um, Risto Neely. uh, Tom's gone. Tom is is gone. Uh, Risto Neely says, once again, both kings of popular culture on the same show. Uh, Risto, listen, my man. I don't know what you think the kings of popular culture are, but people who have watched the Simpsons too often don't really qualify.
1: (laughs) And not even this, any Simpsons since like 1995,
0: right? First 10 years (laughs) of Simpsons, man, we're there.
1: First, like like six years of
0: the Simpsons. So, (laughs) yeah. All
1: right.
0: Uh, his question is, what's your favorite, (laughs) your favorite Western movie theme song? His choice is the theme from Rio Bravo. I'm telling you, ooh, you got one. Um,
1: well, let's see, you know, my, I don't – yeah, somehow the other day my, my son was like, hey, what's that song? And he started singing it, and it was the theme from Bonanza. And my son is 10 years old, and I think Bonanza's been off the air for like 60 years. So I don't know where that came from. But that's a good theme song. It is. Um, is. I'm a, I, I'm a Magnificent Seven guy, so oh, yeah. that's, that's the theme for me.
0: I think about a story that one of my buddies tells about when he was in high school. And uh, there was some guy that uh, – you know, sometimes high school kids are not uh, – not nice to fellow high schoolers, and there was some guy that uh, thought he was a—I don't know—he he would wear a cowboy hat occasionally, and yeah, he just—that was his thing. You know, teenage boys have a sometimes that's their style. Well, every time he would, this guy would walk down the hall. I wish I could do the the whistle, but he would do the uh, he and, and one, or one of his friends would do the uh, Sergio Leone, you know. Oh, the good, bad, and the ugly. Yeah, you know that little uh, that little whistle that you can do, you know, kind of. <laughs> there you go. Right. 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 That one? <laughs> It cracks me up to think about copyright. this guy walking down the hallway and, and somebody at the other end, just, just a dude and
1: some high school dude in late eighties, Virginia was just whistling out gunslinger, <laughs>
0: yeah, gunslinger
1: themes in the hallway.
0: It's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That's it, awesome. Yeah. yeah. The guy ended up working with me uh, for a long time and uh, he's now a judge in the Commonwealth of Virginia, this guy. So I don't know if he does it from the bench though. Um, all right, Kyle Kapler, you've given me three questions. I'm gonna pick one at random. Uh actually two of them are the same. So which Dick Williams led trade was the best and which was the worst? He says the best was Sonny Gray, the worst was the the, the Puig trade. Um I guess from the from the yeah, the one from oh, the Dodgers. So
1: Yeah, I, I don't know. I I'm not gonna criticize that one. I I thought that was the right move at the time. I mean maybe it wasn't. But uh yeah, I think that was a business trade as much as a baseball trade. I think strategically uh they had to make some kind of a splash that at that point.
0: Yeah. I think it was a and, lot of PR there. Right. And it yeah. helped the team, but PR wise. Yeah. It, wasn't what uh, your favorite. Wasn't uh he mentioned Sonny gray, which is a fantastic trade getting Sonny gray for a, really, for a bag of like, magic.
1: It's got to be better though.
0: That's where I was going to go. Well, it wasn't, Luis Castillo was was Dick Williams, and they got him for uh, yeah. Dan Straley, who they picked up on waivers. Yeah, so I think yeah. Straley. Oh, uh, you know it.
1: what my fa- I think my favorite my favorite uh, Dick Williams move was sold Scott Schebler to the Atlanta Braves.
0: <laughs> just eliminating him, getting someone to actually pay U.S. legal tender. Yeah, I don't know. That's funny. I just saw that in the transaction list and thought it sounded funny. Sorry, Scotty. There you go. Yeah, no, I got no issues with Scott uh, Schebler. He had a good year with the Reds. Um. Oh my gosh! All right, uh, we're just gonna I run
1: through. Oh, bad, bad trade is the Puig's probably the, the only bad one that I can think of. I'm sure there were others, but but they were all flyers,
0: right? They were all like, uh, you know. Do you remember a deal where you're like, oh my gosh, that was horrible? I know. I mean, people. No, are- because they were
1: in rebuild mode, so it was like trade away guys too late for a flyer of a prospect who may be good and maybe not.
0: Yeah, or, you know, some people said, uh, like, traded Taylor Trammell for Trevor Bauer? People hammered that. You traded one of our best prospects? Well, you know, it worked out, right? Yeah, it worked out, I think. It would have worked out a lot more if he'd been able to play a whole season. It would have. That's unfortunate. Rich Thompson. I know I told you I was going (laughs) to end this boat. Rich Thompson, Dear Chad and Chris, I have an idea rather than a question for this week's edition of Red Leg Nation viewer mail. On a few occasions, you've referenced a Red Leg Nation softball team. I propose that once we come out of this age of COVID, that fans and followers, all three of you of Red Leg Nation and RedsMinerLeagues.com, gather one weekend somewhere near Cincinnati to play a game of softball and catch a Reds game. We may not be able to celebrate the Reds having a successful season. But we can celebrate their con- our continued passion for them collectively. As always, thanks like for it. providing a fun and smart place to stop in to reflect with the all right, I'm with you, man. That sounds great. Let's play it, um, Prasco Park. Oh, we can play at the Ketchup Factory. Yeah. Um, Chuck Nichols. Our right, last last question here, Chuck Nichols. Hey, Chad. What media platform do you watch your favorite soccer team on? Since baseball season's over, I'm looking for another sport to watch. Peacock. I subscribe to the Peacock. <laughs> streaming service. I did. I subscribed so that I could watch Tottenham Hotspur. Can you believe this nonsense?
1: Sorry, I've just destroyed my entire podcast studio. Uh, you, you're you're not watching them on Quibi?
0: <laughs> See, you're making a joke, but I, I literally subscribed to Peacock to watch Tottenham Hotspur. I get.
1: A, I think I signed up for something with them, and I get an email every day. What's on Peacock? And I've yet to read any of those emails.
0: There's nothing else. Well, the only thing that's on Peacock other than uh, Premier League soccer is uh, – got a lot of Alfred Hitchcock movies, which is always good. Ooh, Other okay. That, nothing else. All right, last one's not a question, but it is a comment from Joey Gaditza. Not so much a question, rather I sure love being part of the Online Reds family. You guys are all awesome. This small slice of Canada loves you. Go Reds always. Thank you, Joey. Appreciate that. Fantastic. Chris, final thoughts? I, we've gone long again.
1: That's a great way to leave it right there.
0: It is. I agree. I'm not going to say all the stuff I usually say. I'm going to just say thank you all so much for uh, being here and joining us. If you've just stuck around this long, for Chris Garber and MC Hammer, this is Chad Dotson saying so long, everyone. Thanks for listening to Red Leg Nation Radio from RedLegNation.com. Subscribe to Red Leg Nation Radio on iTunes or through your favorite podcast app. And join us for discussion of all things Reds at RedLegNation.com. 24 hours a day,
1: 7 days a week.